What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. Ooh, who's that in the studio? It's not Brittany. It is none other than Matt Kelly from Horror Movie Night Podcast. And if you guys have probably heard us talk about them, they're one of our buddies in the podcasting world of horror. How you doing, yes. man? I am doing really well. Uh, I... You, you're lucky. You're going to get me at my highest energy. You're the first stop on like a seven podcast <laughs> guesting spree to, to promote episode 150 just around the corner. Right. You so. got some big stuff coming up, too. Yeah. By the way, guys, we're going to be doing a grave plots today, but uh, I wanted you guys to talk to Matt because Matt's really been a very big help to the podcast, guys. So if if you enjoy what we do, you can also listen to him because he's helped us. So. So, yeah, for those of you who enjoy the show being two separate episodes a week as opposed to one long episode a week, you're welcome. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember that that was my first interaction with you. Yeah, it was. Like, you're I was like, like hey, I just want to say so much. I don't know what to do. Yeah, you're like, hey, man, can you give me some notes? And I'm like, well, for starters, don't do a three-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, split that up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We've actually cut it back now to just one a week. Nice. Yeah, because because I was going nuts. Uh, to be honest with you, I needed yeah, a break. It's a lot. I like. I am loyal to some shows to like disturbing levels. I had to. I, I felt bad. Like I loved listening to podcasts. I loved it. And then I got like a newer position at work where like I can't sit and listen to podcasts all day. Right. And like they're just turned into like it was like the Great Exile where I was just <laughs> like. It wasn't even like, oh, this show's better than another show. It was like, okay, well, all of these shows come out on the same day and it floods up my phone. So let's just like cut a couple of them. There was no rhyme or reason to it. But like for some reason, my loyalty to wrestling still makes me listen to all five to six hours of something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard. Meanwhile, I'm telling everybody I know, like, shorter's better. But like I'll sit there and listen to a guy talk for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? I guess it just depends on the person who's talking, though, right? You know, yeah. If well, you're interested, I, then you're interested. Well, and that's I mean, especially when it's like you're talking about a dude who was like the head of WWE for two decades, just shoveling out dirt and burying people left and right. Like that is fascinating. <laughs> so, like just sitting, like listening to stories about like how insane Vince McMahon actually is and shit like that. Like that's just great podcasting. <laughs> so, like, because I'll tell you what, if that was just Joe Schmo's wrestling podcast for six hours, I would have never listened to it. <laughs> like, 
I don't care about anybody's opinion about anything for six hours. And guys, Matt actually has like a lot of podcasts that he's actually doing. Why don't you list off a few and what they are so that they know? All right. So Hard Movie Night's definitely like the main show. Uh, I help out with uh, Geekscape.net's main show, but like not that much, especially being a dude in Philly where they're all L.A. based. But then I also am the creator and the producer of the Disneydo podcast which is uh, two friends drinking some wine and talking about Disney. Uh, and occasionally I pop up on there, but it's mostly just the two of them. You haven't been uh, copyright striked or anything? Not yet, but it's only two episodes. So we'll see. It's <laughs> <Still laughs> uh, got time. I, I help out with the, the Double Count Out Wrestling Podcast, which is definitely the longest show I do, clocking in at about an hour and five minutes an episode. Um, and then I uh, am working on another project that I'll talk about in a few months when that has a little bit more life. But I also do Playing with Squirrels, a Boy Meets World podcast, uh, where uh, I've been watching every episode of Boy Meets World and discussing it with a different guest. Um, but the episodes only come out on the like on the day that the episode originally aired. So yeah. I just wrapped up season one, so I'm on a break until season two starts in September. Uh, so I'll be backloading episodes of that for the next <laughs> oh, wow. uh, the next couple months so that I don't have to like run around getting guests each week. I just have them all handled over the last So you're months. not doing each episode one minute at a time, right? Because no, 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 there no, are no, podcasts out there that yeah, do this and it just blows me away. The Star which I I love Star Wars. Right. And I could not imagine listening to Star Wars Minute, but I'm told that it is like the most incredibly fascinating show. So like <laughs> But like now they're done. They've done the entire series minute by minute. And I can't imagine how many episodes that is. That's insane. So so it's just like, I can't, I can't, I can't justify that. That's so many hours. Well, someone's (laughs) doing that with The Shining. And I was like really super interested in it. And I was like, wow, The Shining, like minute by minute. Like, how does one do that? I haven't listened. I can't say, uh, but I definitely, it's if you guys are interested in The Shining, I can't imagine a more dedicated podcast than that. I can't, I can't imagine that that's any, like, there's no way that's as interesting as Room 237 was. Like, right, yeah. Room 237 is one of the most insane documentaries I've ever watched in my life. And like, just because you're like, man, fandom can be dangerous. <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> It is just crazy. It's people talking crazy for two hours. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, feels like too much for me. Yeah, <laughs> like that's You've an episode it, right? for us. So, like yeah. talking about two movies in one episode is like nothing. But one minute, what do I have to say? And some of these episodes were like 30, 40 minutes long, and I'm like, yeah. what? How much can you talk about about the opening shot of the car drive? Like, it's <laughs> well, a great opening shot. There's I'm, a like, lot of history behind that shot, but yeah, but yeah. like, I'm not like I don't know. I'm I'm one of those people who I appreciate The Shining more than I like The Shining. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I I think it's just because I love the book. Like Stephen mm-hmm. King's book is so good, and like The Shining is a really interesting movie, but it is not an adaptation of that book. Okay, so you're in that camp. We've well, it's not, I've been talking I mean, about that recently. It's just that it changes so much, which is like, so like, I'm not sure if you've seen Room 237. Yes, but like, I've seen that. And there's another documentary out. Is that the one where they kind of go into the, the moonwalking theory? So, yeah, the, with Room the 237. 
Yeah, Room 237 is literally where a bunch of filmmakers just grabbed people who had conspiracy theories about The Shining and just hit record and said go. And they <laughs> never interrupted them and they just let them tell their conspiracy theories. And then they it's literally you're just watching The Shining over and over and over again for the movie because the, the only thing that they do is pull clips from the movie to show what these people are talking about in their conspiracy theories. And 99.9% .9 of the stuff that they say is unfounded bullshit. Like, right, yeah, like it's interesting though. Yeah, the only one that I said that I feel like is genuinely valid is one guy points out that there's a scene where Scatman Crothers drives past a Volkswagen that is smashed. And the Volkswagen that is smashed is the exact color and make and model of the car that Jack Steven. Torrance drives in Stephen King's book. Right. And he said, like, that was like Stanley Kubrick giving a middle finger to Stephen King and basically saying, like, fuck your version oh, of The Shining. Oh, see, this I got that mine. mixed up. I thought it was Stephen King had a bug just like that Volkswagen. So, yeah. No, no, no. So so it was kind of like, hey, we killed your characters. Right. We're doing our It's version. my movie now, motherfucker. <laughs> and, and, like, that one I buy. I, right. No, I totally I do, about, too. Yeah, like, the way I know Stanley Kubrick as a person, I'm like, that sounds like Stanley Kubrick. Like, that sounds like a dude who just be like fuck are you like, so like <laughs> well he, he's got to be opinionated because he's got a pretty crazy vision right well and he's got like a crazy iq like, right. but i don't know and like stanley kubrick great cinematographer but i i think so many of his movies are boring barry linden is just like four hours of costumes like that's all that movie is <laughs> controversy yeah. on, on beyond the void <laughs> <laughs> Where we talk about visionaries and talk shit on them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> no, but get people to unsubscribe to two podcasts <laughs> yeah. simultaneously. Make sure you smash that subscribe button right now. Um, <laughs> rate, comment, and rate. It helps us out on the charts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now I do want to say, guys, that we're normally we do a horror shot, but as you guys know, grave plots, which we're going to be doing today, is actually. Something that we don't know what the title's going to be, what the story's going to end up being. So we didn't do a horror shot. Plus, you know, I don't even think Matt drinks. So uh, oh. we're, we're going to skip that. I've been drinking uh, ginger ale, vodka, and uh, some sort of seltzer flavored drink with it together. And I've been drinking a purified water. Ooh, wow. <laughs> so. How's that? Are you, you hanging in there, huh? I'm, I'm swishling it in my mouth. <laughs> I'm giving it a nice big whiff before I drink. Ah, yes. <laughs> Very fancy. No, I totally kid. Like, I admire people that don't because, like, I don't know how I got involved in this to begin with. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, guys, we will definitely be giving you a new horror shot next week, so don't worry. But I think it might be time for something else, and that could be the fucking news! Woo! Here is the fucking news! All right, guys, so we're going to be talking about the news right now. We got a few things. So Jordan Peele, who partners, he's partnering with Amazon for a, a new film that's coming out. 
And that movie's called The Hunt, which we've already heard about his other new film called Us, which has the Rorschach thing. Nobody's kind of like knowing what that's about. But apparently this one, they're telling people what it is. And the studio, Amazon Studio, basically landed the project. It's a Nazi hunting series with 10 episodes straight to series order. So it's like a big movie, pretty much, that are all connected. I don't know if there's going to be a season two. I couldn't imagine there being one because he's probably too pricey at this point but this is the story the hunt follows a diverse band of nazi hunters living in 1977 new york city the hunters as they're known have discovered the hundreds of high-ranking nazi officials are living amongst us and conspiring to create a fourth reich in the u.s the eclectic team of hunters will set out on a bloody quest to bring the nazis to justice and thwart their new genocidal plans what do you think about this Sounds a little hokey, I, right? <laughs> a little bit, but you know what? I I was such a fan of Get Out. Right. And I listened to the commentary track on Get Out recently, and it just pointed out all these other things where, like, I'll give it a shot. Because I learned very quickly in the Get Out commentary track that there is very little that happens in that movie that wasn't, like, meticulously thought out. So I feel like until Jordan Peele gives me a reason to not right. buy into his stuff, I'm going to give it a shot. Well, I, I, yeah, I hear rumblings me. of people who kind of mention M. Night Shyamalan a little bit. Like he's he's coming up in the same way, you know, because he had his sixth sense and then everything kind of like went to this thing. And I hope that Peele has like like I like the social commentary thing, but I hope that he strays a little bit away from it sometimes. Obviously, it's what you're good at, but I feel like I want to see what he can do. And I, I don't know. And I think he's got a lot of jobs lined up right now. So we'll see how it goes, I guess. Yeah. Doesn't he have like a puppet thing too that I've heard about? Like, I feel like there's like four or five different things that he's got going on. I wouldn't be surprised by it. I just know that he is a huge horror fan and he really is. Yeah. I mean, he's a a genuine one. Yeah. Like, it's not just like, oh, this is where I'm going to make money. Like, he, he seems to, and the, I mean, the commentary track, he was pointing out references to horror movies hidden in Get Out that I had missed. And I consider myself a pretty big horror buff. So, like, he definitely, like I said, every shot of that movie is so meticulously planned out that it's absurd. Now, did they release the the track, the uh, audio track, on a separate release? Because I feel like I might have missed out on that because I have the first one. When it first came out, I was like, oh, I got to get it. And I feel like I missed out on the audio commentary. And I, don't I think- bought it on uh, Blu-ray DVD combo uh, when it first came out, but it's like... It's kind of hidden. It's not like doesn't pop out of you. I think it's hidden in like you have to go into audio setup. It's not in the actual. Wow, bonus okay. Features. Didn't it's think It's a little about annoying. That. Yeah, it's a little annoying when they hide it over there. But it's a it's a good one. I recommend it. I try to listen to every commentary track that I can. It's it's actually how I go to sleep at night. Well, <laughs> I started listening to. A, I mean, I do listen to a lot of audio commentary tracks nowadays. Uh, more specifically for the podcast, I have this thirst for uh like how these movies are made especially ones that i like so it makes sense on that i wouldn't listen to every commentary track on like say eight millimeter like who who really (laughs) gives a shit about that uh no offense (laughs) yeah it's just hey if i if i need to fall asleep and i know that my anxiety will have me like i always say it like this before i start listening to commentary tracks at night i like to imagine that like my brain was like an office worker and there was all these files in there of like things that I've done in my life. 
And just as I was about to sleep, that fucking office worker would open up the file of like shit Matt did when he was five that he regrets. <laughs> and I'd be up just just feeling guilty <laughs> for things that I had no control over. Uh, and then I was like, "Ooh, but if I listen to a commentary track at night, I'm distracted. So it was my <laughs> self-medication on how to like be able to get sleep again. Yeah, see, I can't I have to have a specific settings when I have go to bed. So it is very odd. But um, I sleep under the bed. It's it's a really weird thing that no most people don't know. Well, I mean, I'm I kidding. I'm totally kidding. By the, the way. Closet, so that's fine. <laughs> anyway guys uh in other news we also heard that tony todd was uh talking on uh twitter here recently uh he basically was teasing that he had seen the 4k restoration of Candyman that's coming out for blu-ray which um a lot of horror fans are actually pretty fond of i would say like most of them yeah, I, th I actually think that, and uh, I heard them say this on Shockwaves, but it's uh, an opinion that I, I share the sentiment of. Um, it, is a, it, is, it is probably one of the best horror films of the 90s. Yes, 100%. It was one of the last movies that ever scared me when I was a yeah. kid, when I was younger. Yeah, it, it is a, like, it's just a very good, um, well, I think it's because it has, it's, it's in that same vein. You know what it is? It's the 90s version of Hellraiser. Right. It's it's got that great mythology. It it sticks with its mythology. It leaves a lot of things open ended. It's just a really really fun flick. It jumped the shark in part two. But yeah, like but man, part one, and then you have like the Philip Glass soundtrack, which is just great. Like if any horror movie actually deserves a, a 4K restoration, it's that movie because because it's yeah. one of those horror films that actually I would say is a genuine work of art. Like, it's not just a thrown together gore fest. It's a very well thought out, creepy movie. It and, is a well done fable on 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 film. Like, it really is. Before I watched horror movies, I knew everything about I knew that you could like I was afraid to look into the mirror and say Candyman before I watched movies. you damn like, right. It was, <laughs> it was just like Freddy Krueger. Like, it was one well, of those things that I didn't need to watch the movie to know who he was and know that like how he could get me and knew to stay away from it. Well, it's like a play on Bloody Mary. Like, I, I knew Bloody Mary before I knew Candyman. Yeah. When I was but a kid. Still, yeah. I was afraid to do both. I still, I'll be honest, even though I'm sure nothing would happen, I'm still one of those people I'm like, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to look in the mirror and say Candyman three times. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I've done it because I was like, I was like, when I watched that movie when I was younger, I was like, kind of nervous about mirrors like and, and and there's a really cool movie called mirrors with yeah what's his name uh dark city fucking uh Kiefer sutherland um nice. but that's really good but that didn't do what tony todd did in candy man like i'm just thinking i i feel like my fear have you watched you've watched american horror story right of course yeah i've all i've seen i've watched every season up into half of this last season I've only seen the first two seasons, honestly, but like really? my, okay. my, my fear is like in that first season with the guy who's afraid to look in the mirror and say, pig, pig, piggy. And then he gets shot by a robber that has nothing to do with this. The, like, I'm just like, I know that I'm so afraid of this <laughs> that like when I actually do it, something else will kill me. Like, it won't be <laughs> so I just stay away from it. I'm just not going to, I don't fuck with it. Yeah. Don't fuck around with that shit guys. <laughs> Like plus, trust me, 
Uh, in other news, one of the movies that I've been anxiously fucking awaiting to see is a movie called The Endless, and they've announced... I mean, I've we've known about this, but I'm also kind of sh- telling people as a reminder. Plus, I'm a fanboy of the directors uh, who have been a part of it. Moorhead and Benson, who did the movies uh, Spring and also uh, Resolution, which both of those movies are really good in my opinion. Um, I prefer Resolution a little bit more than Spring, but they've got this movie that is insanely crazy. It's about cult members who freed themselves from the cult that they knew was ridiculously stupid and not real got out of it but then find out that you know they miss it and they want to go back to it so they go back to the cult (laughs) and uh find out that some of the stuff that they were saying is actually kind of true and so it's like i don't know i really want to see this movie i think it's going to be amazing i've heard nothing but good things but uh june 26 guys it's coming out on digital Blu-ray and DVD. Have you heard of this? Do you know about this? So so I know about Endless. I actually haven't seen Resolution or Spring. And what? I know I know Scott from Horror Movie Night has seen both. And he likes, I think he said he likes Spring a little bit more. But like, they both sound like they're right up my alley. It's just, I get, I don't know. They, I get into this. I think it's, I don't know if you go through the same thing that I do. But like, now that watching horror movies has almost become like a job. <laughs> yeah. When I when I don't have to watch them for the podcast, I'm very like, hey, I'm going to put on a rom-com or I'm going to put on a team flick like I need yeah. to step away from all of the horror. So like I have a Shutter account that just does not get nearly as much use as it probably should get. <laughs> uh, but I do want they are on like the to watch list. Endless actually sounds the most interesting to me from what I've heard. So yeah. I'm pretty excited for it. I'm excited to see it. and these guys are really funny. If you I have the 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 resolution Blu-ray which has become a little bit harder to find nowadays. Um it's not readily available like a couple of other movies that I really want. Um uh, but they in in the in the audio commentary they had the, uh, the directors talking and then at another one, they had some of the actors talking or actually, no, I'm sorry. They had a party viewing of everybody sitting down. And then they had one of the just just the director and a dog who just barks in the middle of the thing the whole time. I watched all three of these uh, behind the scenes like commentaries and they were like, you really watched all that? I was like, yes, because it was ridiculous. Like the dog is barking and he's like, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I (laughs) I thought that same thing about this scene because they wanted to do it as a joke to the fucking movie. And like... (laughs) The two best best commentary tracks that I've ever stumbled upon and I'm sure one day I'll find more, but the, the two that just are amazing is Trey Parker and Matt Stone did a commentary track for Cannibal the Musical. Yes, that's the one where they they go to the fucking strip club at the end, right? They get so drunk because they're just drinking nonstop throughout the entire film and it just gets incoherent by the end. (laughs) The other one that is really, really funny is Dodgeball, actually. Really? The Dodgeball commentary track kind of sounds like this one with the guy and the dog. The Dodgeball commentary track starts off with the director 
and and uh, Vince Vaughn doing the commentary track, and they keep talking shit on the fact that Ben Stiller is supposed to be there, but he's getting such a big ego that he doesn't have time to show up and do things that he's scheduled to do. And then, like, 15 minutes into the commentary track, Ben Stiller, like, stumbles into the recording, and then he's being, like, really douchey throughout the entire interview, and they start <laughs> getting into, like, a big argument, and then they storm out, like, 40 minutes into the commentary track, and it's, like, this silence, and in the background you hear like two guys talking and they're like what what do we do and he's like i don't know the farley brothers were just in here for the uh there's something about mary 20 year anniversary dvd should i mean no one really watches these things anyway should we just play that and he's like yeah and then the rest of the movie's just the, there's something about mary commentary <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking great dude <laughs> now i want to buy that just for that oh so fucking funny like i was like this is insane <laughs> like and I kept skipping ahead. I'm like, they have to come back, right? And then, like, sure enough, end of, like credits are rolling, and it's still the Farley brothers talking about there's something about Mary. <laughs> and I was just like, that is so brilliant. Yeah, that is great <laughs> because it just say like, it just it makes it more enjoyable uh, a keepsake. But I miss those days. I miss like the Easter eggs in DVDs and shit like that. Like I think it was in uh, I think it was the UHF commentary track with Weird Al Yankovic. There's one part where like a character's in danger. And Weird Al's like, oh, man, someone should warn him. And then, like, if you're watching it with the commentary track, you see Weird Al walk into this film and just yell, look out behind you! And then, like, run away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's like uh, fourth wall breaking. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, that's just like, no one does that anymore. Now it's just like dudes just very blandly telling me about their movie. It's like, I've seen your movie. I do want to hear, I haven't heard it yet, but I want to hear the infamous... Uh, total recall commentary track where all it is is Arnold Schwarzenegger explaining what's happening in the movie, but like not in the sense of like giving deeper meaning. He's just like, Oh, you see here, I'm getting into the elevator. Oh okay, well, God. Now, now the elevator has reached the floor. <laughs> like, and it's just like for an entire movie, just play by play. from Arnold He doesn't, he didn't like get it, I guess. <laughs> Well, it's speaking of uh, people walking out of the movie and talking about something else. Um, there was a movie that came out of the Cannes Film Festival that uh, had a lot of people walk out, and it's called The House That Jack Built. Now, pretty much every year, there's always like one movie that everybody walks out on, and this apparently is the one. Um, uh, Lars von Trier's The House That Jack Built featuring Matt Dillon uh, from Wayward Pines and, of course, many other fucking movies. He's a serial killer who views each of his murders as a work of art. It looked vicious, but also quirky in the way of American Psycho. Um, a lot of people were really instantly sold on this, so they wanted to fucking see what was going on. Uh, so after what is being described, they're calling it, and a lot of publications are saying this, vomitive torturous and vile um but a lot of people walked out and this always has i don't want to spoil it because they do say a spoiler warning in this and i don't want to spoil it for anybody but a lot of people are really upset about this one kind of like they were what, what was that other movie that they had um mother no it was uh it was another movie where it's really disgusting it's by some fucking uh electronic music artist who's like also a rapper he made a movie and everybody walked out of it and oh fuck i know what you're talking about i can't oh. think of it off the top of my head but it always makes me interested um but i would love to see i would love to see this i really want to see 
<laughs> Plus, it's Lars von Trier. It's one of those movies you watch once and never watch again, uh, but you're moved for life after watching it. Have you seen any of his stuff? Or I do not like Lars von Trier. Right. <laughs> I, I I didn't like Antichrist. I didn't like the uh, Nymphomaniacs. I, I don't know. I think that, I don't know. And you know who loves him is, is John Waters. And I love John Waters. But like, I feel like John Waters likes Lars von Trier because his movies are very shocking. Right. But like pushing the like pushing John the Water- boundaries. Yeah. And I think it's just a difference of like John Waters also did very shocking movies that push the limits. But I love them because there was a sense of fun in it. And like Lars von Trier's movies just lack any <laughs> any element, any ounce of fun. I, I don't know. I just, yeah, they're pretty I, dire. I mean, I will. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just I don't know. I've always been one of those people where like. I can appreciate a good drama, but I'm never going to rewatch a good drama because it's like I've got I can watch the news and be depressed. Like I I lived (laughs) my life like if I'm going to put on a movie, I want it to actually like, you know, give me something more than feeling worse about the the world (laughs) that I live in. Yeah. So like (laughs) Lars von Trier seems to just be distinctly trying to make uh, offensive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally get it. Like, I there are that's a divide, guys. Like a lot of people, you know, they're on one side of the fence. You watch movies like uh, a Serbian film or uh, Irreversible or you know something that's just like why or Solo, 120 Days of Sodom, and you go, why the fuck did I watch this? Um, but they're like so well shot. And like executed in some way. So I don't know. It's like I'd I'd like to it's not one that I like to revisit. Like I don't go. I have a Serbian film because my friend was like, oh, this is the most messed up movie. And I was like, all right, well, I want to see it now. So I watched it and I was like, yeah, I'll probably never watch that again. But it's really well shot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's like the thing. But like the flip side of that is if it's shocking and not well shot, I'm actually more likely to rewatch it. Um, like, <laughs> cause you can make of, fun of it. Yeah. Like the amount of times that I made people watch blood sucking freaks is depressing, but like, <laughs> but like that movie is just like, yeah, it's disgusting and it's offensive, but it's, it's also so over the top that it's harmless. And I think that that's, I think that that's the divide for me with Lars von Trier is that like his shit is offensive, but it's not in that harmless way. Like it's, it's like, no, we're like, you know what I mean? Like fucking there's a difference between, you know, the shit that happens in Antichrist and like, oh, there's another a, one. Yeah. And a movie that was made for like $10 in which a guy is murdering women on a stage and everyone thinks that they're actors. Like there, there's a very big divide in, in the harmlessness of, of the offensiveness. You know what right. I mean? Like, like one is literally just kind of being like, this is so absurd. Like even faces of death, like faces of death. Was mostly and, vague. I think they had a few yeah, things that were real. Yeah, and like Cannibal Holocaust and like all of these movies that are like infamously offensive. They're just done in such like a just such a stupid way that it's like, yeah, like I can get I and like How look, dare you? How dare like, you, Matt? But I don't like I just feel bad. I feel bad and sick when I'm done watching a Lars von Trier movie and I think that that doesn't help. Also, all of his movies are too goddamn long. How's the Jack built? It, like I was like, maybe I'll check this out. And then I clicked into the IMDb page and saw hour and four, two hours and 45 minutes. And was like, nope. Like, just, oh, is no. it really? Yeah, it's two. It's two and a half hours long. No, it's, I, 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 I don't know. I have to, uh, you know, subject myself to this film. I, I There is a lot of times these guys that do these weird artsy. What the fuck are you doing moments that kind of try to shock it? I totally get it. Like, 
uh, I'm not saying that it is or isn't. I'm saying that I understand that sometimes these guys do these things for some sort of deeper meaning, and they're kind of trying to push the boundaries at the same time. I, I get a lot of people, and there was somebody that wrote it recently in one of the clubs uh, or the uh, forums for Facebook groups and stuff, and they were like, you know, do you ever get picked on by people who um, uh, don't like horror? Um, and I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, I've... I've I've been called a rapist before because I've watched films before. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with it, obviously. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting that to me, in a way, I feel like film is a fake world, even though there is a message attached to it. So it can be damaging. Um, I don't know. It's a difficult. It's a weird place. I'm kind of in the middle somewhere. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think it's like, like I said, I'm not like looking to watch this on a daily or yearly basis. Like, I'm not going to watch a Serbian film again, again, for a long time until one of my friends is like, oh, yeah, I heard about that. I was like, oh, I got it. You want to watch it? Like, that's how I'll watch it. I'm never going to go. Oh, hey, guys, you uh, looking to have some wine tonight? Let's uh, watch a Serbian film. <laughs> anyway, but uh, that's it for the fucking news, guys. All right, guys, so now we're going to go ahead and jump into our grave plots. Matt is going to be helping come up with a story from the Golden Skull with Diamond Eyes. We're going to pull a name out. These could be listener submissions or he put into his himself. Um, so we'll see. Uh, but stick around for that right now. guys so we are back for grave plots we don't know what this movie is going to be we're going to be pulling a name that either some of our listeners or matt kelly himself or i or Brittany have put into this golden skull with diamond eyes that's worth over eight billion dollars it's priceless technically um i really wish i could see it it's that's amazing the only downside about podcasting from where i'm at <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't ask how we got it. Is involves time travel and a lot of drinks. Um, <laughs> what uh, what we're doing though is we're basically going to be pulling out a bunch. We have a whole bunch of fake movie titles that are in this gigantic skull. And what we do is when we pull this out, we try to come up with the premise, the the characters, the story, the deaths, the kills, as much as we can within about a forty five minute period of time, and then come up with a fake movie cover, a tagline and everything just to kind of make up a movie on the spot, guys. So this is not pre-planned if you're new here. Uh, we really struggle through this just like anybody else would. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and pull because Matt's not here to be able to do it. Let's see. Just tell me when. When? Okay. All right. Let's see what we got. It is actually yours, dude. You're not yes, going to believe that. I'm not joking. Which one? Uh, over one million served. Okay, that's that's at least good. That's the one that I have way less fleshed Dude, out. Dude, you so. were the <laughs> second guest that we had that actually got their their shit pulled. Like Mike Saga put one in here, and we pulled his right out. So Matt came up with this one, guys. Uh, he can't Can I... say a fucking word, by the way. 
<laughs> Can I tell them about the other idea that I had in there that yes. actually is like semi fleshed out? Uh, I've been working on an idea and I'm stuck on the second act. So I was like, maybe this will help me figure it out if I submit it in for this uh, called Necro Comic Con. And it's about a kid who accidentally unleashes a bunch of demons at a horror convention, but everyone thinks that they're cosplayers. And it's up to a bunch of washed up 80s actors to fight them. That's um, awesome. Dude, if you need help with that, just let me know. I'll fucking help you out. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm good with coming up with a premise, whether it's fleshing out the fucking actual screenplay or the script and things like that. That's up to you. But I can I'll, help I'll, come up with concepts. I will be I will be in touch, Alex. All right. So. <laughs> Over a million served. What do you think it's about? Because okay, I know see, what it was about at one point. Okay, in my first in my mind, I mean that's the, the slogan is however many served is like a McDonald's thing, right? Like that's yeah. they, immediately what I think of as a kid when you would see the McDonald's sign, you would see uh, however many have served, like three billion, whatever. They stopped doing it after a while because people started dying. Um, <laughs> but. but uh, <laughs> Uh, I think of it as like a fast food chain uh, movie, uh, possibly, um, or maybe somebody that's a disgruntled worker at one of these establishments um, who possibly uh, either feeds people something that they shouldn't be eating, whether it be human, poison, something, or maybe follows home some of the customers because he's obsessed with them in some weird way. That's okay, so I actually, I like where you're going better than my original concept. So this is cool. Uh, so close. My, when I came up with the idea for Over a Million Served, it was going to be an alien spaceship, kind of like Killer Clowns from Outer Space, that was shaped like a fast food restaurant where they were serving, <laughs> oh, dude, where they were serving cool human too, beings. Though. <laughs> but I, I kind of like, I kind of like the uh, the disgruntled employee concept more, actually. Uh, so let's go with that. So okay, so it's a, so all right. So we got a disgruntled employee at this fast food place. I I like the idea that he he is serving people. Like I think that that's a big thing food? that needs to happen. Um, now. If it's just, I think, okay, so, so I don't want to rip off this too much, but I recently have been rewatching the X-Files. There's a very good episode of the X-Files called Hunger, in which a kid works at a fast food restaurant, but he's also secretly a vampire. <laughs> um, but like, should it just be a normal guy or should he have a secret? Should he be like a werewolf or a vampire or something like that? Hmm. Or, or is he just deranged? Hmm. Yeah, see, like I, you're right. Now that you told me, I feel like I feel like I, wanted, I would feel, I feel dirty like, if I tried to take from it. Yeah, I feel well. I feel like it should be like a good creature feature, like a good goo. Like it doesn't have to be aliens, but it should be gooey. It should be something gooey. So like, even if he's like a like some type of like cow in human skin. <laughs> what if? What, okay, what if we combine a little bit of both of our ideas into the one? Okay. So your original idea was like the killer clowns from outer space. So maybe maybe that maybe the shop isn't an actual. Um, or maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe we can we can add that later. But maybe maybe the guy is actually an alien in a human skin. He took over this guy's Bob, whatever his name Bob is. He took over his flesh. Everybody's noticed that he's kind of weird anyway. So they didn't really notice. And so he is like injecting pieces of him because he's this gelatinous type creature, almost like the blob, into yeah. the food that the people are eating that he likes and wants to go home with him so he can sort of track them. And then Ooh. something happens. What, what if? Okay, so what about this? So, are you familiar with a children's book series 
uh, from the 90s called the Animorphs. No, I never heard of it. Okay, so Animorphs uh, was this like s- sort of sci-fi fantasy book series for kids in the 90s. And the concept was a group of five kids find an alien, and the alien gives them the ability to transform into any animals they want. But he tells them that Earth is at war with a creature called the Yurk. And the Yurk is basically a slug. And he goes, the slug enters a human's ear and controls their brain. And that person becomes like a puppet. So what if he's inserting pieces of himself to create like a hive mind across this town where whatever they eat, he's like feeding off of it. So kind he's of like, like an invasion of the body snatchers or the show um, Head Case or something. I remember maybe they, ha- they have the alien uh, ants that crawl into people's heads. And control politics. Anyway. Oh, what the hell was that show called? Because I think one, I think Adam talked about it. Brain on Dead. So, Brain Dead. It was Brain uh, Brain Dead or Brain Damage. Dude, that one of those fucking names. show was funny. Like, I don't know how he, it didn't make it. I just remember he used the phrase that they turned the people into alien ant farms, and then we just went on a giant riff about Smooth Criminal. <laughs> <laughs> smooth <laughs> Criminal. Well, when you say anything going in the ear, I immediately think of Star Trek Wrath of God. Like, yeah, immediately. But, like, but I want that visual. You know what I mean? Like, right. So maybe not going into the ear, but the idea that he's putting something, like, because that's kind of terrifying, that someone's putting something in your food that you don't know about, and it changes you. You know what I mean? Like, but maybe they don't notice the change right away. Like, because the idea that I had was that whatever they're doing, it's like super addictive. So people are like really like, like it was kind of like, you know, over a million served. Like people just keep coming back. They love this I like that, dude. Yeah. So, so he, they become kind of like addicts in a way. I like that because it's kind of like a play on like real shit, like McDonald's or whatever. Like people are addicted. It could be like a fast food version of the movie Brain Damage uh, from Frank Henenlotter, where like the kid, the guy, you know, that movie is like a whole statement about addiction. But this could be like an addictive instead of like an addiction to drugs or something like that. It's an addiction to fast food. So it's not something that people think is that weird because they're just like, yeah, no, people some people just really like fast food. But like they're just like really fucking into this fast food. But I think and this is the only other piece that was like originally thought in my head for this was that the heroes of the movie have to be a group of vegans. Because <laughs> they'd be the only people that aren't okay. indulging in the fast food. If 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 they were to do that, then I would assume... But they can't be. See, they would never go to a fast food because they... Even if there was like some sort of vegan burger there that they're trying to support to get like the world to like appreciate it... Um, it would be such a stretch because they've murdered so many fucking animals that they would never want to go there because they continuously murder it, right? But but okay, so but what if? So what if it's uh, a dude who who happens to be vegan, but his best friend isn't, and he's noticing the change that he's never seen before with his friend? Where it's like you know normally he's fine, but he's like getting like crazy, like kind of like raw. Like this dude's just like it is. It's not normal anymore. Like it's okay. not just like. You know, like it's like every time he offers to make anything, he's like, "I want a fucking burger." I like the like, aggression, Meg. Please yeah, continue like, it's on. Just like, you know, what I mean, like they're just like they're going crazy for this stuff. Like they need, like there is, they want this food more than they've ever wanted a food before, and like no other food will do. There's got to um, be some sort of thing where somebody tries to prevent them. Like, hey, you need to take out the trash, and then he goes nuts. You know what I mean? Before ooh, he's like going or, to get a burger. Or he goes to take out the trash and he finds a half-finished burger and he starts eating it right out of the trash. And that's when he's like, yo, that's not normal. 
But what? But but here's the thing. He's got to. They they have to somehow figure out that it's just this one burger shop, right? So they know. Yeah. So does it have to be? Maybe a, he eats a normal burger and he throws up because it's not right. What he needs. <laughs> His body chemistry is now rejecting regular food because it needs this specific enzyme fucking thing that's taken over his body this and we like, can start so like this should like i feel like a movie like this it has to be homage city you know what i mean like it's got to be like a movie that plays all so it's like so now we're leaning into a little bit of like the stuff you know what i mean like it's like a little bit of this like it's the only thing that you want to eat now and it's you don't realize that it's literally changing your your entire insight just like the stuff it's like a parasite it's like the more that you eat the more you're filling your body with this parasite and it's eating away at your internal organs and it's basically turning you into a shell of a person that it takes over right kind of like that uh now we did do another um uh movie called uh meet the meat solution which was very vegan based and it was like this new meat craze where people would eat it and then explode and pop and like (laughs) and also they would like their their organs would attack people i think so i want to try to steer a little bit away from that but i do like this um i don't know we always come back to fast food guys i don't know what it is but i but i think so this is something i think is very important because it's something that that is uh bothersome them to me and I I think that I want to make sure that the way that it's handled is not that these characters like these characters that are vegans should be the heroes. They should not be like a point of ridicule just because they choose not to like I I want to be also simultaneously celebrating that that thing. Even though it's not a lifestyle that's for me, I actually have a lot of respect for people who choose that sure. lifestyle. So, Absolutely. So like, because I think it's too easy to to go in that direction where you're actually mocking those life choices and I think that that's a braver life choice than I could do. It's more of like an aha moment for the meat eater. Yeah, like it's them, like, because I think, I think at the end of the day, the movie has to make you, if not at, at the very least, question eating meat really makes you question fast food again. Like, I want this to kind of take fast food down a notch, but but like. (laughs) I'm not against that, by the way. But like celebrate smart eating like like I like again, I'm not the I am not a, a vegan by any stretch of the imagination, but I try at the very least to be very smart with what I eat and make choices where I say, you know, maybe I'll have a turkey burger instead of like this red meat burger. Or maybe I'll do this instead of this just for the sake of like not wanting to die. <laughs> down the line. Um, what? How crazy. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know. So I think that there's a lot. So so we could be doing a lot here. But like, okay, so I like this idea. So it's an alien. He comes over. He takes over. Like, he, so he takes over just like a random. We'll say it's like a random teenager, like like a dropout, like a high school dropout who's just working at the burger place. Uh, and everybody kind of knows him as like that weird kid, and that's why he like dropped out of school. Was he was just like too fucking weird. And then like he slowly infects the other people in the restaurant first, like that, so that he can get away with what he's except doing. for one girl. Because one girl. she's the one that he has some sort of weird alien love for. And, okay. and she likes him in some weird way because no one else notices him but her. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be that little extra thing. I know it sounds weird, uh, but it kind of reminds me of like a, a Fred Decker movie. Uh, you yeah, know what I mean? No, that's what I want. But that's what I want. I need a Fred Decker movie in my right. life. We haven't had one since Robocop 3, and that's barely a Fred <laughs> Decker movie. <laughs> that was a paycheck movie. 
but <laughs> it is. So what's the name of the restaurant? Like, what is the name of the restaurant that we got? Like, can't be like MacDougal, like fucking coming to America. Uh, it's <laughs> That's literally be... what I was about to suggest, too. Was <laughs> I was, too, because I knew it was like percolating in the back of our mind. Um, uh, hmm. So it should actually be. I think it could be sneaky. Jack Burger like, or something? Well, no, I think it should be like a mom and like this should be like the fucking town from Critters. You know what I mean? Like it ain't a big town. Like it's it's like a small little like kind of off the beaten path where like you could have still like a mom and pops burger joint. Right. Like, OK. A, like, you know, like it could just be like a dude's name, like Billy's, like Billy's Burgers or like or just a like, uh, you know, like how there's like five guys like, you know, like these just these, you know, just like a shakes and fries, you know, what I mean? like, right, like Gary's Shakes and Burgers, like something like that. It doesn't need to be a giant. Well, I guess it does need to be a giant franchise. It needs to be. What a about festival. what about Galaxy Burger or something Gal- weird like that? Because it's spacey. weird. Yeah, that could work. I'm trying to think because I, I feel like. It would need to be something that's at least franchise it's friendly. Yeah, like hmm. But Galaxy it's also Burger. a Fred Decker movie, so it could be something silly as well. That's true. Like Galaxy Burger works for now. We'll put that unless we come up with a better idea while brainstorming. Done. Galaxy Burger, it is. I'm so down. we'll write that down. Um, so who's the girl? So do you like the, that girl idea? Do you like that that I he's do, like I a love like, interest? So I like the girl. So let's put the girl in there. Um, and maybe it's a love triangle. Maybe it's a love triangle between alien girl and the vegan guy. Hmm. Oh, that's what sets it off and brings them all together. Maybe that's why maybe that's why he is in there at all and noticing the weirdness is that he's going in there to flirt with the girl, but he's only getting like, you know, a water or getting like a uh, like a fruit salad. Like he's getting like these small things that the alien can't put himself in. Right. So he's avoiding being infected. And, it, and the guy keeps offering him a free burger or something, you know, like something just like to kind of get him in. Yeah. Because he doesn't like the fact that he's kind of flirting with this girl who he likes as well. Yeah. And he wants to make him one of him. Right. Ooh, there's so many. Oh, there's so many possibilities. It I'm opens like, it up a little bit, but like this is this has been an idea sitting on the shelf in my brain since 2004, and this is the most fleshed out it's ever been. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I I do this too much. I think there there's some sort of a you know I don't know, man. I think I do it too much. <laughs> but there needs to be so there needs to be a moment like it's so so the guy and the girl obviously like the last two people in this town like it gets that bad like it is spread everywhere and we need like a crazy fucking like all of the town's people are outside the building like kind of like zombies like they're banging on the glass to get in and this dude's like fucking morphing and he's this giant like he bursts out of this human body and he's just got to be giant slimy gross like giant like space slug fucking thing right um, i like it would be funny if he used the the fleshy part of his face and put it on his hand to talk to her like oh yeah you, like, you know what i mean like, like puppeting the former head right yeah. like oh, does this make yeah. you more comfortable um <laughs> but i think you know like typically you would go oh well she goes with the vegan guy and they they have this big fight and then the the good guy uh, wins you know and fuck meat and shit but also i almost feel like in a way like in my darker side i feel like she should say like fuck it and just go to space with dude and like take everybody with them you know what i mean well i so i think i think we go for something even darker which i think that they realize that this is hopeless that there's too many people 
it's too much. The only way that they can stop everything, including the people who are now like part of this alien, like they realize that even if they kill the alien, the alien exists within the uh, within all of these people that it's possessed is to fucking rig the place to explode and let themselves be eaten by these people. So like as they're getting eaten, the building blows up and kills everyone. <laughs> like it's, they sacrifice, they sacrifice themselves Ooh, in order okay. to save to the world. And there's no, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a dark ending. Like because, it's optimistic because guys love are. transcends galaxies. All right, it does, it does. And also, I just, I don't know. I think, I think <laughs> it's different. I think a girl would have a real hard time wanting to get with a murderous uh, space slug. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've seen, I've seen Return of the Jedi, and it, it didn't seem like Leia was really digging it. Yeah, but have you seen uh, what is it? Metal? What's that cartoon movie? Uh, metal something? Heavy metal? Oh, uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I'm just saying. That is she true. sleeps with the robot or whatever, and they're doing coke and everything in the movie. I remember that. Everybody's doing coke in that movie. The director <laughs> was doing coke in that movie. Wasn't Ivan Reitman part of that? Some sort of way? I'm, there was a lot. I remember John Candy. The only thing I distinctly remember is John Candy's the voice of a cab driver. Right. That's right. Was it the cab driver? Or was it? No, no, no. He was the guy in the spaceship with the weird trunk nose. Uh, that's what it was. I just remember John Candy was in there. Or maybe he voiced more than one character. I think it's possible he was like a multi-character. Yeah, thing. you might be right because I think he was also the guy who was uh, the kid who turns into the fucking superhero. I yeah, I think you're right. I think he. I think we're right. I think he was in multiple roles in heavy metal. Which I mean, look, I am all pro there being as much John Candy as you can possibly <laughs> get into a movie. Like my heart is still broken that John Candy is not with us anymore. Uh, so. You know, keep just keep pile him into the into the movies. Or, he should have played every character in Great Outdoors. Like it right. would have been fun. Or John Candy too, uh, which was um, Tommy Boy. What's his name? Sorry. Oh, Chris Farley. Chris Farley. <laughs> John Candy too. Uh, I believe he was John Belushi part two. <laughs> <laughs> you might you might be right after all of that. Actually, if you think about it. He's like a mix of John. He's like John Candy and John Belushi all in one. Huh? Hmm. Good call. Anyway, we're way off subject here. Let's get back to the, the task at hand here. Uh, so we got. So wait, you so so you said that the, the vegan guy and the girl go down in a blaze of glory fighting against the alien guy. Yes. OK, so we know where we're headed. But do we know where we came from? Uh, let's see. So the alien, so should the alien just have a very like meh appearance? Like he just kind of like flops from outer space and takes over something like takes over this dude's body, like the blob. Like, should it just, should it start as an homage to the blob where it's just like a meteorite I like falls that. and the, the kid is like closing up shop and he sees it. So he goes over and kind of like meteor shit, like just kind of gets overtaken by this fucking monster. I think it would be good if you, that character, the one that gets his body taken over, you feel a little strife from him. Like, like he'd been picked on a lot. Uh, I was, so here's what I'm imagining and, and see if you're picking up what I'm putting down. All right. But, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but the kid, like I'm imagining someone who looks a lot like, the the actor who played Mitch in Dazed and Confused, like the young, long hair, like long, greasy hair, like okay. kind of awkward, like lanky kid, like kind of just unsure of himself. Uh, 
I mean, uh, there was a kid who was in a movie called Thumbsucker who would have been perfect. Oh, uh, I know that movie. Uh, Lou Taylor uh, Pucci. Yes, from from uh, the Evil Dead remake. He like like him back in the Thumbsucker days where he had the long greasy hair. Like I'm imagining that kid because that's okay. who I think of when I think of like dude who's probably going to work at a fast food restaurant for a really long time Maybe with like a little bit more acne and yeah some acne just like a little like he's not like he's not like the weird kid in the sense that he was like the asshole jock or the bully or something like that but he was just like the guy who like was really into weird fucked up shit and didn't really get much out of school and was like picked like you said picked on a bunch so he's just like fuck i'm just gonna like i'm just gonna go into work like i'm not like he just stopped going to school and started going to work like he might even smoke a joint out back because yeah, he hates he the plays, world kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's just like, he's just trying to get to death. Like he's just like, I don't want to kill myself, but I'm just, I'm not applying myself either. Right. Okay. I like that. So now we have to come up with a few of the individuals that he deserves food to. So like, I would picture that we would definitely have some angry douchebag that treats him like shit through the drive through, uh, who is just like talking mad shit to him. And he just kind of puts up with it because he knows the end game is that this guy's going to be infected with his stuff. And then he's going to yeah. become an addict and come back. So this guy needs to part play uh, one of the, the zombie-esque sort of guys, as well as um, kind of a douchebag, makes the audience feel good that he's getting his just desserts. Huh. So uh, who can I think of? I think of I, the, I know exactly who I think of. He's like balding. He's in uh, the Walking Dead. So Jeffrey Dean Morgan is Negan. Who is? Oh, there he is, Stephen Og. Okay, let me see, Stephen. How do you spell Og? Oh, I found him. Okay. See, I was thinking someone a little bit younger, but yeah. Okay. Dude, he is. Um... He plays a really good kind of asshole. I don't know how to explain it, but Stephen Hogg is really good at that. I don't know. That's just my idea. Um, maybe to give. I you like get, it though. Yeah, if you I, get, I, like I'm looking at him like yeah, like, but I I don't know why I feel like I was like no, I wanted to be like one of the kids that bullied this kid. Well, we like, can have that too. Yeah, yeah, we need one of those too. We like, need so an old maybe, guy though that that fucking is kind of cool, kind of a, a misogynistic asshole, so that you kind of enjoy watching him kind of <laughs> crumble apart. Well, that's that's what we have though. So, like you said, like the the kid who's infected, he's not killing this guy right away. He's not infecting him right away. But when that dude starts being shitty to the girl, then he starts to get. It. Ooh, what if he's like a sidekick to the the alien, his henchman? Uh, like he brings him, he brings him on board as kind of his like recruit, almost in a way. Right, like he he doesn't mind because he's like. There's something that's it's helping him in some way. Uh, yeah. And he becomes kind of really addicted, but he's like, you know what? I'll give you free burgers if you help me out. And so he just yeah. kind of does it. I like that. All right. So I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I'm i not in love with it, but I like it. I like it. So we'll keep it on the table for now. Fine with me. With yeah. It. If we come up with something that's better, though, I'm not against walking that's away. That's just one of the many, though. We just one I just like many. painting the picture of like these people changing in the background and their little stories that kind of spread out that make the f the movie and to me a little bit more entertaining, uh, so that it's more widespread. Do you I think that's I mean? fair. Yeah, no that that works. And like, all right, so so who are we gonna have as the main character though? The the hero. Um, well, the vegan guy, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, but who, like, who would we cast in that? Like, who would, like, I'm trying to think, like, he should be, like, what, maybe mid, mid 20, like, 
I feel like college age. He's like 19, 20, maybe 21. Um, mm. We don't have to have a specific actor, but I'm just trying to like pin down the ages of these characters. Yeah, I'm thinking, no, 20s is good for me. I think that's young enough. He's kind of an activist. Um, yeah. But he somehow meets that girl who works at the burger place. Yeah. And well, they the girl hit it can, off so well. Well, or, or, I mean, if we keep him like 20, like let's say he's 20, 21, we could say that she's like, 18, 19, they go to the same community college together. So he has like a couple classes with her and that's how he knows her. And then that's his in for why he goes in there sometimes is like, hey, like, you know, I noticed you weren't in class. This is I just wanted to give you some the notes on like what you missed in class today. And she's like, oh, you're the sweetest. And then like the dude's like staring at him from behind the grill, you know, like <laughs> and like burning his hand. <laughs> yeah. like So I have this idea now where it's like he's staring at him, right? And it's like from the shot of him flirting, it's like something you just notice in the background. Then you cut and you cut to the dude at the grill and he like lifts up his shirt and he takes a knife and he like cuts a piece of his stomach off. And it like starts to like gelatinize after he cuts it off and he like rubs it inside the burger meat. And then he's just like, here, have a burger on the house. And he like brings it over to him and he's like, no, no, I'm good. I'll just take a water. It's fine. Like Right. Every every attempt that he tries to get the guy to ingest it to be one of his minions. But I think it would be funny while he's like um, while he's doing what everything that you said, like what if he also digests people for food as well? Uh, so he's got to be picked. He's got to get minions, but he also has to like feed himself. Right. He doesn't have to eat that often. But I think it would be funny if there was just some random guy in the back, Brad, whatever, who was a dick to him. And he just fucking while he watches this uh, flirtatious moment happen, uh, he like sucks him up into his body while he's like or cooking. So, so here's an image that I really like. And I've always liked it ever since I saw it in an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Um, what if. He's just got a handful of people fucking hooks through their neck dangling inside the freezer. And he just like we have like a shot at one point where like it's he's closing up the shop. And then after everybody's gone, he like goes into the freezer. He just cuts off like an arm and throws it on the grill and like cooks it up while he tries to figure out his next move. And you see him like eating this charred arm as he's trying to plot things out. Mm. Okay, yeah, I like that. I think it would be good, though, to keep it comedic a little bit, uh, that those guys aren't exact. They're kind of dead, but they're not. So, like, they're in some sort of stasis uh, so that they can actually, they don't freeze, like, they don't die from freezing because whatever it is that he put in them, he, because he has to, you know, like how flies spit on, on their food and then digest it. So maybe he does something very similar to that. Maybe he only likes the flesh. He can't deal with the organs. So the stuff that they're ingesting is getting rid of all the organs until they're just a shell that he can just eat the flesh of. So they're they're alive at all times. I just think it would be fun to have some banter back and forth uh, in that meat locker or whatever. He's got like this hidden compartment, maybe. I don't know, whatever it is. Just we're getting a little uh deep in there but i think it'd be kind of a fun side story just to have as he goes in there to be a comedic moment i i i'm i'm into it i am definitely into it i don't i don't believe you you do you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay so so let's come up with a couple of different stories of people some of the customers who buy some of the food uh, and ingest some of the guy first of all what's the name of the guy um who is the nerd that got attacked by the alien, uh, the blob thing before he got changed and was picked on? 
Uh, Eric? Uh, we'll call him Eric. Eric sounds like a good name for for like a good generic name, but it's Eric with a K. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually have a buddy name with an a, with a K. <laughs> And he'll correct people every time <laughs> until until he becomes the alien. Then he stops correcting them, <laughs> right, and that's yeah. like the next that's like the next hint that people have that he might not be the the same guy. So maybe there's like uh, you know in like if we were to like really flesh this out, like maybe there's a piece of him that really likes this that 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 the alien has taken host because it doesn't completely kill him because it needs its brain to make everything function. Do you know I what I mean? That, yeah, well, but I mean, like, that makes sense, too, because, like, how many things do we actually eat the, the head portion of? You know what I mean? Like, right. So, like, he keeps it alive just because, man, you could have, like, a creepy ass scene where there's just, like, can you imagine a, a scene where there is just a point where there is a guy and it's just his head and it's perfectly fine, but the rest of his body is just skeleton right now and he's <laughs> just coming at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like house on haunted hill style like well i was thinking of um <laughs> even more absurd uh do you remember a movie called my boyfriend's back yes i do actually i saw that there's, movie it's from the 90s that, right yeah there's that dream sequence where he eats the girl's dad and it's just like a full skeleton body with just a talking head <laughs> attached to it like which side note scared the piss out of me when i was a child but <laughs> So maybe that's why I want to bring it. I'm like, oh, let's bring that back because I'll scar another child. Like, I will pass on what scarred me to <laughs> someone else. So what do you think about uh, – let's pick – okay, let's do this. Let's pick three little mini tiny side stories of people who have ingested this guy, Eric, um, and gone home and some sort of event has happened. The one – we did talk about the one guy who uh, – Stephen Ogg. That might be like his henchman in some way who okay. helps him fight because he needs somebody else. So uh, we'll go with that. A vegan guy's best friend. We'll put that in there and he should be like a little bit of a heavier dude. Okay. Like, a, like, a, and, he, and maybe he's the one that like, you know, is screaming about how he wants a burger and like he catches him eating a burger out of the trash, but then he throws what it all up. What are you doing? Yeah. Like he's like, this is, what are you doing? What are you crazy? Uh I don't know why you sounded like Woody Allen there. You but. fucking totally did. I was going to say that, but I was like, crazy. I don't know. <laughs> it's totally crazy. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, so we got, yeah, you have that element of it. And then for the laughs of it, I would I would say like, because like my grandma loves fast food. So like right. little old lady, like, like this little, like sweet little old lady, like she's, I don't think she's with us anymore, but like. The old lady from the wedding singer type lady, just like the sweetest little old lady who just like she just likes to go and get a burger because it's too much work to make she, dinner. She and, sneaks out from her husband, who's super controlling and old school to get a burger. It's her one time, like her pee knuckle night that she gets to fucking go out and do whatever the hell she wants. And she fucking does it. You know what I mean? <laughs> But then she wrecks that husband. Like, right, right. Like they're sitting down watching the news together or whatever, and he likes to watch the sports, but they get into it, and he and she just smashes him through the face or something. You know what I mean? Like it has to be yeah. something fun like that. And like I, I like the idea of like a sweet old lady just becomes hyper violent and she's cursing all the time and she's screaming about how she wants a burger, but also he, sipping tea. Like, but, uh, yeah. Know? But so, yeah, simultaneously just enjoying a tea. Like she'll she'll have these freak out moments where she like 
breaks shit or does something, but in, 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 the, in the same instance, like two seconds later, she's drinking tea. And, it's and like, should so so should we imply in that sense that these people like not only are they under some type of control or some type of spell, but it's forcing them to give in to like their most violent urges, and they kind of dig it. Right. Like, that's like that's like what I like. Yeah. Yeah, like they're like like they're not freaked out by it. They they actually kind of welcome it. I like that. All right, so, I think we got something going there. So now I'm curious. So I think we've got I think we've got enough to start writing at this point. Pretty now much. the question is what like the marketing of this. What do you mean? Like, what's the poster looking like? What's the catchphrase? Like, oh fuck, we, the poster. When we, oh, when we go in there, like, because like, let's say I'm pitching this. I want to pitch this Charles Band style, where I have a poster and a tagline before I have a screenplay. Right, I see what you mean. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, I'll be honest. When I come up with the fucking covers for these, I just never know. Like, I just like run with it. I'm like, uh, this works based on what what photos I can get that are in higher resolution. <laughs> like, I just. Cause like, I don't want to do like the thing that we're, the thing that we're in trouble with a little bit is like, you don't want to go and there's a lot of movies that are in a similar vein. You know, like you've got poultry guys, you got blood diner. So you don't want to go exactly in that realm. No, what I'm thinking like zombie world slash cooties or something like that. So what I'm thinking, hear me out on this. One of my favorite posters Right. Was the chopping mall poster. Right. Where it's the hand holding the bag with all the body parts inside of it. So like what if it was something similar to that, like an art drawn poster that's like a burger. Right. But like the burger is bleeding out the sides and there's eyeballs inside the burger staring at you. And it says over a million served over top of it. Oh, man. <laughs> As in the like head- the logo kind of thing. Yeah. And then the tag got line- my work cut out for me, Matt. The tagline, you are what you eat. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. But we got to end it. We got to tell the story in between. Like, um, so. I thought we did. I thought we said they sacrificed. Well, we kind of did. Like the girl, (laughs) the girl has, is really nice to Eric, the, the kid who's been taken over by the blob space creature. They have this back and forth because of the vegan guy named what are we going to name that guy just for reference real quick sean we'll call him sean sean so sean the first name i saw when i looked up at my computer what's her name (laughs) uh we'll call her elise so sean and elise so sean and elise and eric have this yeah eric with (laughs) a k and a blob inside of him uh i'll have this three-way fucking hatred towards well he has the hatred they all just get along and she and sean guy's winning her over pretty much uh and she's like into him but so i I really want to introduce that steven odd guy i think that he should try to attack the vegan guy at some point in time and the vegan guy and the girl team together. This is like the unifying thing that makes her kind of like interested in the guy and, and realize that the jig is up and then he's an alien and all this other stuff. Uh, so she, they kill the Steven Og guy. Uh, we'll call him Bob, whatever. Um, and they have this showdown at the fucking restaurant, right? But they got to fight through all these hordes to get to Eric somehow. Yeah, because there's all these different stories that we know of, but there's like thousands of people that he's been feeding his pieces of his body because he regenerates by eating whatever. Yeah. Just just filling in the pock holes here, guys. Um, so they have this showdown, right? 
Okay, so I, they're so they're battling it out, right? And I think we've said at this point, Eric is no longer Eric. I like the idea that Eric is like a giant, like pseudo slug creature, but like is puppeting the the former Eric's head, like to talk to them still, right, on the edge of his tentacle or whatever. Yeah, like it. Okay, I just think that that's a really gross. Like I like that gross idea. Well, it's we just come, like this head. I want to definitely come up with like sort of an ending. I mean, if we were to spend more time with this guys, we would definitely flesh this out. But so, so what happens? If we were like, to spend more time with this, we'd be making this movie because this right. is like this sounds like the best movie that horror movie night would ever cover. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, so yeah, so like I don't know. I think I think you have. I feel like you go you go over the top here, and you go over the top where like you literally have Eric and Sean laying it all on the line about how much they care about Elise and that Elise is unsure of what the correct answer is. Not like it's the the hardest decision, but she's really torn. Like Eric has always treated her so sweetly. Right. Um, and, and she like, kind of felt bad for him a little bit too. Yeah. But like he was she misunderstood, also, but she also has to like question if she'd be willing to be with someone who, no matter where she goes, will have to murder people. (laughs) Like, like, can she live with that? Like, or does she go with Sean? He's kind of, he's a little vanilla compared to Eric, but he's a good dude. And that's when she decides to go with Eric, uh, with Sean, because she sees one thing that Sean's willing to do that Eric isn't, which is back to what we originally said. Wait, 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 I got an idea now. And it's a little bit more in the prevalent in the, in the times now. All right, let's hear it. Okay, because that would be a very 80s idea, right? Because I'm thinking Sean's willing to kill himself to save the world, and right. she turned what on if, by that. What idea. if she just doesn't give a fuck about either of them by the end of this, and they get into this huge battle, and the whole fucking building explodes, and she walks off smoking a cigarette? I could be down with that. <laughs> I know it sounds stupid, but like, think about it. You know what I mean? I'm I'm empowering the woman first of all because you know it. It if you look at it that way, it kind of looks like she's fighting over which one's the best. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. saying that 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 you know that isn't a case in any scenario. Everybody's different, but wouldn't it be funny if she just made them fight and then was like, whatever. You know, at the end of the fucking movie, as the whole fucking place goes up. Yeah, she's the one that does it. She, as they're busy arguing, she's like opening up all of the gas on the on the cooker and like <laughs> dropping down all the different, like just setting up the place to explode, and then just walks off. Yeah, I love it. Like she's almost like the tank girl style. You know, because she, I, I, I picture her for whatever reason. She's kind of an outcast, but she's like the hot outcast who, uh, you know, like like guys like, but could never, ever, ever try to hook up with because she's way smarter than any of them. You know what I mean? Like, and I picture like her smoking a cigarette and being kind of gothy, I guess, and like just like walking off and flicking the cigarette kind of thing, and it explodes or whatever. You know what I mean? Like something like that. And it, and then the whole thing's over. I don't know. Yeah, I, could, I could go with that. I could di- I could 
dig that. Actually. I think it's more current. You know what I mean? Like that's what I think. Like you're I right. Think- the, the, the guy is fighting over the girl, and the girl on it. That is a very '80s. But I guess it depends on. I think. I think that's one of those things that you're only going to know when you've written it. Right. Because like, yeah, yeah. if you've written it and the entire movie feels like it's just a giant '80s movie, then it should probably stick with the '80s ending. That's true. But if it feels like it's very subversive and like pointing out a lot of the flaws of the 80s film then like it should absolutely go with the more modern ending but again that that's when i feel like you figure that one out by like the second draft well like, what do you guys think draft. what do you listeners think what would you pick like what do yeah. you think like we'd love to hear from you guys i'd love to hear it because i like either ending really um but you know it's nice to have like different ideas out there you know like if i if i could i would make every one of these fucking movies that we come up with but you know <laughs> We don't have any money, so. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> but yeah, I like that. And you said, you said, so you are what you eat. Yeah, I think that's a good catchphrase for okay. it. Okay, I think that's a good tagline. And it's like it, it's like it's a familiar thing. So it's like you know, with that poster where it's like a person cooked inside of a burger, basically, and you know, looking fearful, and then like that catchphrase, like you kind of get the vibe. Oh man, there's some cannibalism going on here. And then we swerve you a little bit with like the whole alien aspect, right? Yeah, and I like the idea of the cover. I'm going to try to do my best to come up with yeah. that, guys. Sorry but... sorry that I just proposed something <laughs> that actually involves you having to actually draw a movie. Right, <laughs> I know. I was thinking that. I was like, I can only do what I have, what is physically already available. I'm it... looking forward to the really shitty, like... <laughs> Photoshop where you just took a picture of a burger and photoshopped eyeballs into it was like my job's done dude (laughs) but yeah thanks Matt for fucking me up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but uh, yeah man I liked it I thought it was fun I thought that was a good story what did you guys think did you like any of the parts in it more than maybe some of the other parts Uh, would you have changed anything would you have added anything Uh, again keep in mind I mean we made this in about 45 minutes to an hour uh, so you know it's off the top of our head you know things change with real writers when they sit down and actually do a round table about this kind of thing for fucking months you know what I mean so it's subject to change (laughs) But I like it. I thought it was fun, man. I think that's a I would watch that movie for sure because I'm kind of a comedy freak. I love horror. I love scary shit, but I also love comedy as well. So like, well, I'm a big I am a big horror comedy guy. Like I I like, you know, you guys recently um, like on your website. I know you one of you reviewed uh, Patchwork. Right. And like Patchwork to me was just the closest thing we've ever come to like a modern day like basket case Frankenhooker type movie. Right. Like one that's just really out there, really unique, but like really genuinely funny at parts. So like I, I miss I miss the good 80s horror comedy where it was horror first and comedy second because it definitely has been the reverse as of late where it's very uh, heavy on the comedy above all and then the horror is just kind of like there. Kind of like the 90s were a little bit. Yeah. The 90s were like that a lot, I think. Yeah. Although Scream was probably the best 90s film for finding a good balance between the two. Right. But yeah, most but of I the would 90s- say that's still comedy first. Oh, absolutely. But I, I mean, that opening scene was fucking terrifying. I'm a big 80s fan. Yeah, I was. I'm 85. So like 85 I was, years old. That's pretty good. Yes, you sound great. I'm, I know it's uh, it's a lot of uh, meditation and gym. Uh, but yeah, like when I was, you know, 
in the 90s when I was a kid, like all that we had to rent were the 80s movies. It was like whatever was most recent. And then your horror section was basically just the 80s movies. Right. Uh, so like I, I think I got a good healthy mix of both because I would rent whatever was new. But then I would also go and watch, you know, the ba- basket case, all of the trauma stuff, anything that Full Moon Pictures was putting out. Like Full Moon was right. my shit as a kid. That was the home video fucking era right there. Oh, yeah. Well, fuck, man. This has been fun, dude. I'm so glad that you came on. Um, do you want to tell them what you're doing uh, soon here so that they can tune in? Because you got some really cool stuff. I don't think we really talked about it. This is okay. So, uh, Horror Movie Night, the podcast I've been doing for three years in July, uh, will be having its 150th episode come out on June 22nd. So, uh, the first year that we celebrated a full year of doing the podcasting, we did what we called the Twitter takedown which was that we had put together a list of movies and everybody watched those movies at the same time and were tweeting about it. And it was like a fun little experiment, but we kicked it up a notch uh, the following year and did a focus on doing it via Twitch where we were watching the movies live on Twitch and we had them in a little box in the corner so you could kind of follow along, but like not big enough that you could really follow along for copyright reasons. Right. Um, And, you know, that was really, really successful. And we had a ton of fun doing that. So that year I I, we went I went almost 24 hours and it was very uh, tiresome and frustrating. So this year we're we're pulling it back. It's going to be 12, 12 hours. Um, I might try to do like a pre-show thing and a little bit of a post-show thing. But at this time, we've announced that we're going to be watching uh, Beetlejuice. We're going to be watching uh, The Faculty. We're going to be watching Event Horizon. Um, I think nice. there's one more th- that I'm forgetting, but we've got a decent amount that we've named so far. And then there's a couple more that we have up our sleeve that I'm really, really excited about. So I can also say that we'll be watching Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Um, so uh, we're going to we're going to have a good time. We're going to be sitting there watching the movies, laughing our asses off. Uh, and we're seeing what we can do. Maybe we won't all be from separate places this year. We're not sure yet. Uh, it's something we're looking into. But we will definitely be watching those movies. We'll be commentating. We'll be talking with you for 12 straight hours. Uh, and we're going to be raising money for Planned Parenthood. Uh, so you can donate money. Uh, Horror Movie Night has been very active in trying to make sure that as the show continued to grow that we were giving back. Nice. So last year we did the Twitch stream and we were collecting donations for ALS. We raised $200 for ALS. Uh, that was my pick. So this year it's Scott choice on what the charity was going to be and he chose uh plan uh yeah planned parenthood so we're going to be donating the money to planned parenthood this year so uh it's just going to be a whole lot of that we're going to see um what we can do we're, hey, you we're said, going you said twitch stream huh yeah we're going to be on twitch uh we're going to be using it is uh for the address it will be twitch.tv backslash geekscape tv we're going to be using geekscape's twitch channel and that's going to be on june 23rd uh, if you want to know more about all of that stuff, go to hmnpodcast.com, and that's the easiest way to find us. There's links to our Facebook page and our Twitter account and our Instagram page and all of those things. They'll be uh, you know, talking about it and promoting it. And if you listen to the show and you just love the show and you wish that there was more of the show, uh, you can donate to our Patreon page. We build a Patreon page. $5 a month gets you a bonus episode of the podcast that no one else gets to hear. And nice. the movies are selected by the Patreons. Uh, we each one of us will pick a movie and we'll put a poll up there, and you guys vote for which one we sit to sit through. So 
It's super interactive with you guys in that way. And we've got a couple ideas up our sleeve for a few more bonus series uh, that we'll probably start doing uh, as Patreon exclusives in uh, like August, September. So Nice. And by the way, guys, I'll be putting a lot of these links in all of the uh, information. So if you're listening to this through Podcast Addict or iTunes or wherever, you'll be able to find these links. Obviously, you can go to longlivethevoid.com to check that out. So, um, but yeah, man, dude, I'm excited for you. I, I, I'm probably going to be checking that out, uh, as much as I can, uh, for the stream or whatever. So I didn't know you're going to be doing it on Twitch. That's cool. I've been trying, yeah, to, yeah. I've been trying to figure out a way that we could do that with our fucking, uh, you know, listeners and friends and shit, you know, cause I want to watch movies and make jokes about it. I see fucking them doing it on, um. What's the fucking, uh, not the MST3K, but the riff tracks. Yeah. They got that up. And I mean, that was, I'll tell you what, man, doing that for 24 hours was, (laughs) it was rough. Yeah, that's awesome. Now I'll be definitely checking it out and guys like definitely give them a follow, give them a listen. Uh, I think that if you can get along with, with us, uh, and what we do, I think that you would definitely be interested in that. And for those of you who are over on the, uh, HMN side, um, you know, if you want to listen to us too, you know, we won't mind at all. <laughs> yeah, give them a listen, man. It's a it's a great show. I feel like it's one of the most underappreciated horror podcasts out there right now, honestly. What? You guys? No, you guys. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's really weird. No, thanks for that. I, I didn't it, even know you were talking about us. It's it's called a compliment, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do I do? Everybody's looking. <laughs> But dude, thank you so much, Matt, for coming on. Guys, definitely check out what they got going on. Uh, Let us know what you thought of the movie. I always love hearing it. Any of you who are listening now who want to give us an idea for a grave plot movie that you would love to see us make up uh, with one of our guests or or co-hosts or people in the industry even, um, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our contact section. In the drop-down menu, you'll see gray plot idea as well as horror shots and any of the other things uh you can put it in there we always read that stuff uh and we'll submit it into our our thing unless it's like really racist or fucked up uh we're probably not going to put it in there but if you got an idea and you want us to see it we'll try to come up with it come up with a cover and everything so uh, it's fun but but guys thank you so much for coming by this week matt thank you so much dude of course Thank you guys so much for coming by. We hope to see you next Monday for a brand new episode with a special interview. So stick around. Stay weird, monsters. <laughs>